0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to It's Rainmaking Time. This is Kim Greenhouse. I'm very excited to bring you something that we have never covered before, and that is the science of orgone. While we have interviewed Trevor James Constable, as he talked about bringing in the rain using William Reich's technology many years ago, we have never really covered in depth William Reich's work what he created, the science of it, the technology of it, why it was created, why he was so important to humanity, why he was thrown in jail, why they burned tons of his books and papers. This man has almost been relegated to the realm of obscurity. And thanks to Don and Carol Croft, he's continued to be out in the presence of society for those people who are interested in him. Dunn and Carol Croft have invented something called the Tactical Organite, or the Holy Hand Grenade, the Tower Buster, the Cloud Buster, to deal with the aerosol spraying of the air, the microwave towers and stations that are all over the world, other types of towers which you're going to hear about today, and energy weapons that are used. Now these towers that we're going to be talking about are both above ground and underneath the sea, Many of us don't even know they exist. We're going to talk about Don and Carol's book, The Life Etheric, which I read from cover to cover. Their story, as I understand it from the book, The Life Etheric, remind me of something between James Bond, Indiana Jones, and a few other movies. The distinction here is that they are extremely serious about healing. They have invented something called the harmonic protector, an organ generator and regenerator, the Croft Zapper for health and healing, and their work is very serious. Without us going into every single aspect of their work, which would take days, I'm going to try to ask questions and bring them out to talk about frames of reference for the It's Rainmaking Time audience. And what we don't get a chance to cover today, we will invite them back to do follow-up segments with them. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Don and Carol Croft to It's Rainmaking Time. Good morning.
1: morning. Thank you, Tim. Thank you.
0: <laughs> Carol, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Good to talk to you. Good to talk to you, too. I really feel compelled to invite you both to talk about why was Dr. William Reich thrown in jail and his books burned and his devices
1: smashed?
0: Give the audience a context for how to receive this, please.
1: Dr. Reich discovered that the energy of the ether is a fundamental energy. It's a part of science. And to ignore the ether is like ignoring half the alphabet. You know, you're not going to get much done. And uh, this flew in the face of materialistic science. Now, people like Tesla worked with ether a lot. Radio is an etheric device, for instance. He invented that. So when Dr. Reich formalized this work... It severely challenged institutional science. They're still challenged by it. So, yeah, they tried to destroy him. He mainly got in trouble on account of his cloud busters. He was ending droughts and balancing the atmosphere. And this caused problems for the U.S. Air Force, for other things, other agendas. And Einstein blackballed him after first acknowledging what Oregon was, ether, You know, by 1953, it was pretty much over for him. And in 56, they threw him in prison, and he died the day before he was to be released, probably with poison.
0: But what is the threat of the cloudbuster? Talk to the audience about that, because you guys are experts in this, and we don't really understand what it is. Talk about it.
1: Okay, well, a cloudbuster, the way Dr. Wright invented it, it draws bad energy out of the atmosphere. So when you remove this bad energy, simply speaking it's replaced by healthy energy. If you think about the power behind that, what can be done with that? It's pretty awe-inspiring.
0: When you say bad energy out of the sky, give an example of it. Really bring well, it home. We
1: channeled it down into uh, moving water, and moving water transmutes this energy. It's like a brook, you know. The water at the end of a brook is healthier than at the top of a brook because the water spins and moves. What we do is very different, though. We don't Dr. Reich's device had possible harmful effects when people didn't operate it intelligently. And our version of the cloudbuster has a base made of organite. Now, organite transmutes bad energy into positive energy, the same way a babbling brook does. There are thousands and thousands of these organite cloudbusters in the world right now, and that's why you never see chemtrails come down to the ground anymore, no matter where you're living. Now, China is an exception. The Chinese government banned organite. And they banned our websites. Wow. the funny thing is, they're the second heaviest traffic country when we look at our stats.
0: (laughs) Wow. First of all, what is Organite? And then what is the mechanism that allows Organite to be an effective tool for goodness?
1: Well, that's something nobody really knows. But the way we track it is people who are energy-sensitive can see the energy and sense the energy and so we can design these devices to do specific things and that's Carol's specialty.
0: Carol do you want to talk about that?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Organite you know the basic premise is that it absorbs any kind of negative or unbalanced energy and puts it back out as healthy balanced chi or life force and when you put with that the different properties of different gemstones you get a little bit different twist on it. I try to use what I call generic gemstones, gemstones that affect most everybody the same way. So I make tower busters, specific tower busters that make you feel good or that help you feel more blessed or prosperous or have more love in your heart.
0: Now, do you both acknowledge and agree with some people's statements, like the dowsers talk about intent when you're using a pendulum or when you're using a tool like that? Is the intent with which you're making each piece a huge part of the quantum level of that piece? And do you agree with that frame of reference?
2: Yes, I do. And, and that, you know, that's why it's important for, you know, if someone wants to make Organite and they want to use specific gemstones, they really need to know what they're doing. I, because I'm a natural psychic, I've been this way since I was born, I know the importance of being neutral when I put, you know, any kind of energy device together. If you're not, whatever you're putting into that device can be magnified by the organite, but that's a pretty vast subject when you start talking about that.
1: The organites that we make to to flip these death towers or to stop weather weaponry, things like that, these are very crude and simple, and anybody can make this stuff. Even Charlie Mann could make that, and it would work. But Carol specializes in organites that's used personally, and in that case, there's no end to what you can do by putting specialized materials, components in there, because organite enhances and magnifies any kind of positive effect.
2: Like I said, the basic premise is that it absorbs any kind of darkness, any kind of negative emotions or wants or needs. You know, So when you're putting it together, people say, oh, well, you can program it for dark, negative things. No, you can't. That doesn't exist in the premise of organite. It's not an orgone effect or an orgone energy that can be twisted or turned into darkness or negativity
0: you mean because it's a life force exactly
2: it's constant creation of the universal spirit or what we've come from
0: by the way the products that you sent me are so gorgeous you two are really artists do people know that about you
1: You know, there are artists that use Organite in their stuff, and it helps to sell the articles because it makes you feel good when you're around it. And most of the time, people can't identify why they're feeling so much better. Most of the time, they really don't care. But I know artists who have used this profitably, and there's nothing wrong with that.
2: We did an experiment. Don's niece did an art exhibit. And one of her pieces was on the wall, and below it was a pedestal, so we stuck a piece of organite underneath that pedestal right in front of her photo. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, her painting, and everybody just loved that painting. And there's a
1: and, lot of people there all day long.
2: Yeah, they just hung out in that corner. It was pretty funny. <laughs> You know, so that's an experiment anybody can try. You know, it's better if people don't know what you're doing. You know, if you can just do it, you know, like put a piece like that and then just sit back and watch. When I do the psychic fairs and different things that I do, I always have a, a table of organite. And it's so funny because there'll be all these people around the table and they're literally pawing the pieces. You know, they cannot stop touching it. And when you go around to tables at, you know, any kind of affair when there's vendors, you stand back and look at their stuff. You don't just reach out and grab it and glom onto it, you know, but with Organite, they can't help it. Their body wants so badly to unload any unwanted heaviness, you know, any kind of dark, unbalanced emotions. Immediately, your body wants to touch that because they know if they touch it, that it's going to download all that stuff and get it off of them.
0: Where do you both feel or know does the energy go when it leaves, let's say, somebody's environment or their body or their emotional state? Where does it go?
1: It's transmuted. It's changed into a positive energy.
0: Okay. So it's not just like uh, dumping something.
1: Yeah, People have written theories and stuff, but I don't know. I don't think anybody knows yet. Okay. Now, Dr. Reich made Oregon... Accumulators, which are like an intermediate stage towards what we're doing now. And we didn't invent this, by the way. Carl Welts did. Invent what? He invented Organite, and that's his term. He you mean the name? The term, yeah, Carl Welts. I found out about it from a Zapper customer who had bought something from him and was very upset. He said, I paid 500 bucks for a little blob of epoxy and metal. So I, I thought, wow, I'd been working with organ accumulators at the time quite a lot. I designed and built a lot of them. So I thought, well, I'm going to see what this guy is on you know. So I made a bit. I made several objects. This was before Carol and I were together. My daughter was living with me. She was psychic. She saw blasting blue energy come out of this material. I thought, yeah, this is it. I just knew it. So then I stuck a big crystal in it, and she saw the energy blasting out through this crystal. And it could be directed. She would watch. I would direct the energy, and she would watch and tell me where it was going. I wouldn't prompt her. She only like, 13 years old, 12 years
0: old. Can you tell the audience what's in this kind of a product, the Organite? First of all, I just want to respond to something about the name Organite. I find it not only interesting, I chuckled at the thought that somebody had taken Orgone, which William Reich had invented that name, right? Yeah. And his whole thing was about Orgone. You add an I-T-E to it. And somebody's claiming that they're the creator of that name, which I understand that.
1: But at the same... I don't know why we started using the word "organite." Yeah. I was involved with a forum at the time. Yeah. And somebody started using it. It just caught on. I didn't yeah. know Carl No, I well think
0: it's fine. Uh, yeah, I think it's fine. Oh, I just wanted to finish what I was telling you, which is that I find <laughs> it, it interesting. Like stone.
1: You know, we we favor yeah. names that are not confrontational.
0: Oh, of course. You know, Sure, sure. It's very interesting because... Even in very spiritual circles, people that are working on advanced stuff still deal with the human ownership, the human territoriality that all of us face in the business world. And I mean, it's Reich's term. It's not even... Carl Weck, I mean, even though he added it, and I know he claims it, but Reich brought the space of it, the original name of it, et cetera. So to me, using the word organite is not well, well, bad.
1: Well, he had researched sex, and he identified orgone as the energy of the orgasm. That's why he called it that. But it's just prana or chi. Sure. The Indians and the Chinese have made a deep study of this thousands of years ago. The Chinese especially can tell you about all different kinds of qi, so they could describe in more technical terms exactly what's happening with this process. You know, someday when China gets out of the mess they're in and people can speak freely, we're going to have a lot of involvement with Chinese, just like we are with the Africans right now.
0: I'm sure. I met a Chinese master who is a physicist who uses thermography to demonstrate what's happening with your meridians and your organ systems, which I've had thermography before for doing breast exams. It shows the heat in your body and where you're having difficulties. But a Chinese master who's a physicist looking at the meridians, he could tell everything how long it's been since you've had sex. I mean, seriously.
1: The old stuff is science after all.
0: It's fascinating. (laughs) You know, I did a piece on bras, okay? And what happens when you wear bras for a long time on the lymph? This guy was kind of laughed at, but he had excellent studies. So I go in for my thermography. I'm talking to this Chinese master and I can see white hot underneath my breast. Well, what is it? It's the wired bra. Thermography can show you seven years down the line stuff that you're going to be facing, but you can tell now. I'm basically validating and saying it's so interesting that a lot of things are really coming together in health and wellness. We're all going to be alive at this great convergence. I think Chinese understanding of health and wellness in the Meridians is going to be a big one, don't you? Oh, I agree, yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. I can't wait.
0: What's in this organite? What is it so that it's not so mysterious for the people listening?
1: Let me give you the most basic, and this is what the Africans are making and selling now, the East Africans. It's just metal particles and catalyzed resin with a bit of crystal. The crystal isn't even absolutely essential, but you put a crystal in a piece of organite, and it organizes the energy. It brings order, so you can get more done with less. That's all. There's nothing mysterious about it.
0: Is it any kind of metal? Is it copper, or what? what? Oh, any
1: metals, fine. Now, Carol's specialty, you know, being psychic and seeing the energy and stuff, she uses exotic metals and sometimes expensive gemstones in some of her products and, She's like a chef, you know. She.
0: I was going to say, yeah. it sounds like we've landed at a very interesting restaurant. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> well, it's important to say, too, that Organite loves it when you put different kinds of metal. Like my two main metals are aluminum and brass. And to mix those together, it just really
0: makes it better. What if somebody out there listening is thinking, you're putting metals and this thing is projecting metals into the environment. Isn't aluminum or metals not good for your health? Can you respond to that? It's
1: encased in catalyzed resin, which is an inert plastic subject.
2: You can actually put this stuff in a microwave and it won't spark.
1: A good point, honey. Wow. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So that tells you that the metal isn't really an issue, because if it was, that's aluminum. You know, it should just blow up a microwave. Yeah, but it won't.
1: Yeah, and when Carol sees organite in the microwave, she sees this huge positive blast of energy coming out, because organite not only changes bad energy to good energy, you know, microwave ovens are deadly.
0: I don't have one, and I don't use it, but I know a right. lot of people well, they're still do. Weapons.
1: It changes all of that into positive energy, and that's how we stop weather warfare, for instance.
0: You want to talk about that right now so soon, or you want to just wait a little bit and we'll get to
1: that? Oh, yeah, it's your call. It's your okay.
0: <laughs> and, well, not so much that. It's just going into something vast that people may not even know is going on. So before we talk about it like it's uh, no big well, deal, I just—
1: vast, but the parasites inside the body, the parasites outside the body, they're all the same gang, you know. It's really not that complicated.
0: Now, the beautiful piece of the several that you sent me has dolphins in it, and it's blue and gorgeous. <laughs> Obviously, this is an intent for peace, isn't it?
2: Yeah, that one has moonstone, rose quartz, peridot. All the gemstones in it are for to open up the unconditional love heart chakra, which is pretty much like Christ energy. Love it. Um, you know, the energy of Mary Magdalene. It helps you access true spirituality, and I'm not talking about churches or religious whatever. It's a personal thing. And the dolphins, you know, they're the interdimensional messengers of all the realms. They're just very special to me.
0: This that's is why. so beautiful. I have to tell you, I mean, if you both did a line of this, oh my God, aside from its power, it's so gorgeous. And I want to tell you that I have it by my phone. And why do I have it by my phone and communication area? is because this is what I want to access for communication. Yeah, yeah. So thank you so much. You're welcome. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. I want you to consider that the water we drink is crucial to our health and well-being. I also want you to consider that chronic dehydration is the precursor to a disease state. The work of Dr. Batmangelich demonstrates this. Many of us are trying to find alkalized water to drink, thinking that's going to be the answer to impacting our health and well-being. Most of us don't know that if we cannot get our body hydrated, we cannot achieve continuous alkalinity, which is a promoter of health and well-being. The physics of water is totally distinct from the chemistry of water. And until you understand what that means to health and wellness, you can be lost in trying to understand what is good, healthy water to drink. Dr. Jacques Benveniste was right when he said that water has memory and is alive. And Dan Nelson is right when he says there's a distinction between irrigating the body and hydrating it. And most of us attempt to hydrate it by drinking more water Cells cannot assimilate most of the water that we drink. So our cells are dehydrated all the time. Learn the science about this by going to the Positron Group and consider purchasing Wayback Water, the Fast Track to Hydration by Dan Nelson, who's a physicist, an educator, and a man who's committed that we have healthy, remarkable drinking water. Go to waybackwater.com or call Nancy Ainsley at 870-741-5877 and back to the show. Now you both have such an interesting life and I want to tell you that I am so impressed that the dolphins visit you every time you're at water. Please talk about that. It's so adorable. My heart was warmed reading this. Talk about that.
2: I've always had an affinity with dolphins and it it used to drive me crazy because I never got to go see them. And once I did, it was, it was very magical. I've been to Hawaii. I don't know how many times on the big Island and swam with the dolphins. And it's kind of cool because every time I go, there's this mama dolphin that she comes and she brings her baby every time I go and I can miss a year or even two years and I'll go and she'll come right beside me with her baby. But, uh, it's, Pretty amazing. And then there was one time in particular that I would like to mention. We were in Miami Harbor, and the water was so murky and so polluted right there in in the harbor. The water was look looked like the Mississippi River. It was so muddy. Wow. You know, and just murky. You couldn't see. And the dolphins. It was so funny because we had parked there, and we were a friend of ours was doing something with her tuning fork. Oh yeah. And
1: we were throwing organite in the water. That's why we went there to clean the yeah. water up.
2: And we got. Well, we started getting followed by a police boat. <laughs> and, really? And he was following us, and we thought, well, we'll just stay here. And she would, got out her tuning forks, and she was playing with her tuning forks. And next thing we know, there's dolphins circling the boat. Aww. So they were just all over in that murky water.
1: And the water is about five feet deep.
2: Yeah, it was really shallow. <laughs> and it was so funny because we and the cop boat was within probably, I don't know, 40 feet from our boat, yeah. 40, 50 feet from our boat. And we left, and the police officers were so uh, enthralled with the dolphins that they're standing there looking at the dolphins while we just drove away.
1: <laughs>
2: they, never they never even noticed that we
0: left. It was so funny. <laughs> well, yeah. dolphins are enthralling now. So
1: Organite cleans up water like that. We cleaned up both coasts of Florida, the bottom half of Florida, and we restored the reef and the keys.
0: Can you talk about how you did that and how much organite you used? And
1: God, uh, Carol figured uh, one tower about to every quarter mile for all those miles, and this was done all the way through the Keys up the Gulf Coast to.
2: We went and bought you know, a boat uh, just to do this.
1: <laughs> a boat for that? Well, we wanted to stop the hurricanes in 2005 because they were building up in frequency and and, and destructiveness, and so we stopped it. We be organized around the coast, and we disabled all the weather weaponry in South Florida, especially the Hurricane Direction Center, which is called the Hurricane Tracking Center. But that's where they direct the storms. So we took care of all that and did some work in the Bahamas, and there hasn't been a hurricane since the last Wilma. one after we got there. Yeah, where's yeah. Wilma? Wow. 2005. That's why. But this, you know, this yeah. is something other people are doing around the world. Right. So we do this stuff, we get consistent results, and it's not a question of us of whether we're imagining it because we see it happening and it's consistent.
0: I watched several videos with both of you separately, but one of the things you said, Don, was you said the more one feels that one has to rely and depend on a personality to get things done. In other words, we have to rely on our inner promptings and rely on our heart because people feel powerless waiting on personalities to get things done. That part of what you're involved in is empowering people to follow their heart, to listen to their inner promptings. And for some people that want to get into craft and make this, for some people, they will want to get involved in this to give it to their friends and family. Some will want to do what you and Carol have been doing gifting it to clean up water, to clean up too much microwave radiation coming from the towers. But I want you to talk about this next tough part that most of us probably wouldn't believe, don't understand, and have probably never heard of. What is it about this microwave technology that you're referring to as death towers that we don't know are death towers? What is that? What do you mean? Well, it's
1: all classified. It's a better kept secret than the Manhattan Project. So or run the other way when somebody comes and says, I know exactly what they're doing, because nobody does. Now, psychics and energy sensitives, all they have to know is that energy is extremely powerful. It's extremely dark. It disrupts the thoughts and the emotions and makes you sick. So you throw a tower buster out nearby and all that changes within 20 minutes and the thing becomes a life force generator. So that's not very technical, and according to some, it's not scientific, but this is what thousands of people are doing now. That's
0: in your gifting network, correct?
1: It's kind of a network, but most people never encounter each other. We have a forum. It's the only credible site in English that has these reports.
0: And what is it called? dot Whale.to?
1: Oh, it's uh, EthericWarriors.com. And
0: that's the other one, right? ethericwarriors.com. dot com. Well you're mentioned on the whale.to, dot to, but ethericwarriors.com.
1: Yeah.
0: I was told yesterday that there are something called Tetra Towers huge EMTs and a huge amount of Hertz coming out of these towers that are so powerful. They're probably transmitting stuff. That's horrible for us.
1: It's all horrible. Yeah. And I, I have never seen evidence that these are used for cell phones, by the way, because the cell phones operated just as well before these were suddenly built in 2001.
2: Have you ever really looked at one of those towers? Did,
0: I watch well, it. There's like
2: uh, huge coaxial electricity cables that go up to the top like probably at least 10, sometimes even more. What do they need that much electricity for?
1: And it's not coming up. You
2: know, and if he, if people were to pay attention and look at that stuff, they would say, this isn't right. There's something else going on here.
1: Yeah, you can operate a cell phone repeater with a, with a solar panel. Exactly. Yeah, but these are, have 10 times more power than you find on the commercial grid. You never see these powered by the commercial grid unless you see a single panel on a high-tension tower or something.
2: And if you stop it, you know, you see somebody working on the cell phone towers, you stop and if you were to ask them a question, they wouldn't know what the heck you're talking about. Yeah, we used to. And and I think the reason for that is because they, well, I know it is, they hire, they have all these subcontractors, they all come in, they have their own little tiny job to do on that tower. None of them know for sure that, you know, none of them know that it's a weapon. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't think they'd do their job.
1: A lot of it's underground, too. Yeah.
0: I want to talk to you about the trifold meter. Have you ever heard of that?
1: Yeah, we've got one. We don't know how to use it.
0: (laughs) When you got it, what did you get it for?
1: Years and years ago, an engineer in Texas told me, hey, I, you'll be real excited about this. I have a trifield meter, and I've been measuring the energy fields of Organite devices. So he gave me all the statistics, and I thought, well, someday I want to get one of those. So now we're waiting for somebody with science background to show us how to use it. <laughs> oh, wow. But we don't need proof, see? Like yeah. I said, we, yeah. we do this stuff, we get consistent results. That's proof enough for us.
0: But I have a quick question about the trifold meter for just a moment. Okay. Somebody had felt that it would be really, really helpful to expand the understanding and use of this if the orgone energy coming from the orgone products could be measured by a trifold or some type of meter. Yeah. So do you oh, think it it's is. possible?
1: Yeah, I, You know, someday the science is going to catch up. Okay. But a trifield meter will measure changes in uh, magnetism and in... Uh, static electricity, so we're pretty sure that organite affects static electricity. It, it tends to generate a, a healthy static field, and that's why you don't see smog in places like L.A. and Tokyo, London, Paris, New York. In the films you see made in these cities now, you never, almost never see smog because people got around and busted all the towers. This is years and years ago. Now, the only people that have noticed the absence of smog and the positive changes in the stratosphere are cinematographers, apparently.
0: How interesting. I want oh you God, to know, you know Atlanta, wow.
1: There were over 10,000 towers built in 2001 in Los Angeles. This guy named Don Bradley went around and he flipped most of those himself. We helped some. Wow. And that was the end of smog before 2003, essentially.
0: Years ago, I sat with Trevor James Constable, and when he told me, that there's the capability to get rid of smog. And he had tried to talk to the authorities in Los Angeles, and they just laughed in his face.
1: And I said to him... I know, Trevor Constable did valid work, does wonderful work, in fact. But the technology that he uses requires interaction. Yes. You threw Organite out, and it keeps on working forever, and you never have to think about it.
0: Right, but I want to tell you what he said to me. I said, how much do you think it would cost to get rid of smog in Los Angeles? He goes, you could build these things for $125 and put them in an area and you put so many in so many areas and you could get rid of it. I said, will you show me how to make it? And he said, sure. But when I followed up, he wasn't interested in showing me. I was so depressed about it because it's like hearing of a solution when people are having trouble breathing and all that. But if what you're saying is that the organite that you make by the way, I love it that you support and empower people to make this and understand it and get it out there. I love that you share it.
1: Oh no, we're just riding the wave. That's all we just... Yeah,
0: but talk a little bit more about the smog elimination part.
1: Well, I was talking about parasites earlier, and you brought the TriField meter, and this this I think is a static electricity effect that's created by organite, but colloidal silver is silver particles suspended in a colloid. That means they, have, they carry uh, excess of electrons. So these little particles repel each other and distribute themselves throughout the water and it's called colloidal silver. Now when you drink this water, those extra electrons go into your body and do what zappers do essentially, only not as well. They create a, a similar static field inside the body and pathogenic organisms uh, which are in colloidal suspension in an unhealthy static field, they disintegrate. I've got, I got a photo of worms killed during a colonic with a zapper, and you can barely see them as worms because they're disintegrating.
0: I want to just go back for just a moment, and I do want to talk about the zapper and want you to expand more about it, but I want to go back to using the organite to help get rid of smog. Okay. What is the mechanism that allows that to happen?
1: I mentioned the parasites. Think of all these dark particles in the atmosphere as parasites because they're disease-causing particles and materials. And the reason they're suspended in the atmosphere is because they're carrying a deficit of electrons. So they repel each other in the opposite way. And they stack up, you know, as high as they can. You might see them go up three or 4,000 feet. So when you used to fly over Los Angeles, you'd see the smog as, as, as fog. There was the a top to it. And so organite just apparently, and like nobody's researched this, research is expensive. Right. But by observation, you could probably say that it just keeps pumping these free electrons into the atmosphere until the static field changes. It takes about twenty minutes, apparently. And all of these particles drop straight down to the ground.
0: But how many would you need to have per square mile or something like that?
1: Are we talking about Well, the reason I I think without the death towers, it couldn't have been accomplished because when you put organite near one of these death towers, and I'm talking three or four fluid ounces of organite with a little crystal in it. You put one of those near a neighborhood death tower, and within 20 minutes, this thing is pumping out beautiful, clean, healthy energy. And the more they turn it up, the more positive energy comes out of it.
0: So this is really a full-scale transmutation process.
1: Absolutely. Okay. And it just keeps on working.
0: I did a piece with Dave Stetzer of Stetzer Electric, and he goes all over the world, and he understands the grid of many countries, not just the U.S. Mm. Well, one of the things I learned from him is that the U.S. grid, the electric companies, the utilities have been dumping dirty energy into the ground for like 40 years. There was a product that came out that said, put your feet on this mat and plug it into the wall and you'll be close to the earth and standing on the earth is great. But when you plug into the wall, what was not distilled to people is that the U.S. grid is not the same place it used to be 50 years ago. We did a whole show on this explaining how it is now, but you could use the same product in Europe and you wouldn't have the same problem. What I found is that when there's a lot of money invested in something, even, quote, the people that are on the good side of whatever, seemingly, will not stop selling this product to people of America, even though I told them, even though the guy told them. And it's so interesting how political stuff gets. There's this big rally to use this product. I'm not mentioning it, but I'm sure you can imagine what it is. Okay. So given that the U.S. grid, the grounds that we stand in, I'm sure there's better areas than others like the beach and being by the sand. But I would imagine this Oregon could be so helpful because our ground is being dumped on by the utilities of dirty energy. What do you think about that?
1: Well, that may be, but Organite works underground the same as it does in the atmosphere. It's really not a problem if you just put some Organite around. And, like I say, the, you focus on these towers, you're turning them into positive instruments.
2: We have, we have uh, an Organite device that we use, too, that's called Earth Pipe, too. And that, that actually is drove into the ground.
1: Yeah, very deep. Yeah, it's a cop- that's, that's how you shut down underground bases
0: earth pipe <laughs> me no smoke the earth pipe but no it's not it's not something to smoke but it will no smell. I know I'm kidding I'm <laughs> yeah, kidding smoke
1: some. we live right next to a huge underground base
0: well they're all over the place
1: well yeah they are but we, we took care of that one and we've done a few others and a lot of people are doing this stuff Um Europeans took out CERN
0: when you say took out do you mean transmuted
1: Exactly. Okay. Now, that's a huge weapon, and uh, nobody knows what it is. It's classified. But every time they have a debut, they fail. They fall on their faces, and they even had a fire in the ground last time because I think all that organite made it impossible for that stuff to work. Now, these Europeans have been very systematic in putting this organite around that site, including a lot of earth pipes. They just put some more recently. Guys from Switzerland, and I have one guy from Austria.
0: One of the things I really liked in the book was on page 25. One of the things you said is gold has no real value. The real assets are people, agriculture, and raw material. That was such a refreshing statement that you made because (laughs) people are really racing, thinking that metals is going to do it all. And it's just very refreshing that you said that.
1: Oh, thanks a lot. And, you know, since I wrote that, I, I read a book called The Babylonian Woe which is out of print, and I think it was self-published in the 60s. That's a free PDF download on the web, and i got a link to that on my site. But it gives another view of gold and silver and their historical importance and their use as empire-building devices and exploitation devices.
0: Very interesting.
1: Yeah, it's really good. It's an exhaustive book, and it's pretty obvious why you don't find it in colleges.
0: Can you talk about the distinction between the orgone generators that you make and what you're referring to as the orgone regenerators?
1: What is the difference? Oh, You you mean the orgone accumulator? I guess, yes. Well, uh, orgone accumulators were just layers of metal and organic material that Dr. Reich developed to focus, concentrate uh, orgone energy for healing. And he was renting out these boxes that people sit in and they cure their cancer and other stuff. And it, it revitalizes the body. And that's what attracted me to it. And I started playing around with it a couple of years before I found out about Organite. There's a lot you can do, but an organ accumulator can't distinguish between the bad stuff and the good stuff. It accumulates whatever is around and focuses it, concentrates it. Organite doesn't do that. I made my sauna into an organ accumulator, and I put a piece of Organite on it so that the energy is always positive.
0: Interesting. I guess on some level, after you've been doing this for years with developed psychic ability and mutual intent, you trust the process, plus you've seen water get cleared up. I think it's amazing how you're able to clear up water. Do you want to talk about that a little bit?
1: Yeah, just throw some organite in some dirty water and watch what happens. In most cases, uh, if there's scum on the surface, that'll just disappear. Then the water will become more and more clear. And in Africa, people are doing this in polluted rivers and lakes and ponds, and now they can drink the water, which is a huge step forward because now they're not dying of uh, infectious illness anymore. (laughs) Was it you,
0: Don, that used dowsing to confirm? Well,
1: I only use dowsing when Carol's not with me because if we're out on a campaign where we're flipping death towers, like we did after the Air Force killed all those people with the tornadoes a couple of years, three years ago, they murdered thousands of people, I think, hundreds maybe. I don't know the statistics, but it was really bad, was the worst ever. So Carol got in her head. that oh, we need to stop them. So we went back east uh, for my daughter's wedding. We drove back east from Idaho. And on the way there and back, we focused on disabling the weather warfare uh, control centers. There was like six or seven of them off at Air Force Offutt Air Force Base in Omaha is the headquarters for weather warfare, which the U.S. Air Force wages against the continent. We put how many earth pipes? Only like seventeen earth pipes around that base. A whole bunch of work We did several others. We missed uh, Tulsa, and we missed. There's one in Canada that we missed. We got yeah. the of them.
2: There's more work that has to be there done there in Tornado Alley, but that's that's a story yet to come. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: right. But they've only they only managed to kill people in Joplin, Missouri this year, and and Joplin's a place that normally gets a lot of tornado deaths anyway. But we think if we could have gotten to that Tulsa uh, weather warfare place, we could have prevented that.
0: When a person first hears that weather warfare exists. And I'm talking to the person in the audience that's never heard of this because, you know, you speak it as just basic stuff. But the listeners who have never heard of this are like, this is way out for some people. Here's what I want to say to those of you listening. When you first hear something like this, the thing to do is to look at what happened with Nikola Tesla's patents and who owns them. And you'll find out that Raytheon owns Nikola Tesla's patents and they have made a statement called owning the weather by 2025. Now, when you have an organization whose raison d'etre is to own the weather by a certain point, you have to pay attention. The next thing is that there's something called weather derivatives, which means that you can do puts and you can bet on disaster and make money. It's called disaster capitalism. But basically, Once you know what's going to happen, you can start betting on it. There's a whole industry in this. It's silent. I mean, you wouldn't necessarily know the players, but whether derivatives exist. And so that's practical tentacles of how you do the due diligence to know that stuff like this really exists. It's mind-boggling. It's horrendous to think that it goes on, but it goes on. And back to both of you now.
1: I'm glad you mentioned that because Spain was supposed to be the test bed for uh, desertification. They set up this bullet shaped skyscraper in Barcelona that was literally the headquarters for the desertification of the Iberian Peninsula. And oh I think it was about eight years ago some Spanish people took it in their head to start busting these towers and they started generating rain all across areas that were droughty before. And Another Spaniard who lives in Menorca named Francisco, uh, he did what we did in Florida. He dropped organite along the northern coast of Spain, and it created huge amounts of rainfall all down through the peninsula. And he and a a Portuguese uh, associate went to the Canary Islands in September and did the same thing there. And now it's raining all across the Mediterranean North African coast, and even there's flooding in Saudi Arabia now. There's so much rainfall that it's been flooding, and and nobody's ever seen rain there. I'm talking about Riyadh, the capital. Wow. Yeah. This is direct result. And and we look at this stuff, and it's wonderful, and it's always new, but it all makes sense.
0: I think it's fantastically interesting. When,
1: When you start doing this yourself, you see it. You don't need somebody to prove it to you.
0: I think it's fascinating that orgone transmutes droughts and desertification. Talk about desertification, would you, for a moment,
1: with the audience? Dr. Reich uh, went down to Arizona in 1953 and took a couple of cloudbusters with him with the intent of reversing the desert. And he succeeded because grass was growing all over that area during the time he was there and it was raining, and when he left, it all reverted back, but he claimed that that desert was created artificially. And he found a spot in the Sierra Nevada.s He said, this is where they did it from. And when he put his cloud buster up and that passed through the mountains there, it rained all across the southern desert. I went up there. I put a bunch of organite there last February, and I generated quite a bit of rain. (laughs) The reason I took up flying is so I could do ranges of mountains, drop organite along the peaks and ridges, because this produces... Huge, huge effects, permanent effects. And the Africans are making a lot of rain this way in droughty areas now. They're not flying. They're walking up there. That's the hard way.
0: Somebody asked me a question to ask you, which is, when you create an Oregon product, is it generating Oregon or is it Oregon itself? The person was confused, and I thought it was a good question.
1: All right, Carol could probably answer that better.
2: Uh, the minute you it starts catalyzing it starts generating orgon okay it starts people start to make a cloudbuster, and you know the cloudbusters in what a two gallon bucket
1: yeah two gallons of organite. two
2: gallons of organite they start, and the minute they get you know like an inch of organ or organite made, you know made in the bottom of that bucket, it starts creating a blue hole, so it starts working almost immediately.
0: But even the organite pieces, like the beautiful one with the dolphins that you sent me, is it generating orgone the minute you make it? Yes. And when you say catalyzing, it's in the making of it. It starts. Catalyzing is when the resin starts to get hard. Okay. Both of you in the book said, orgone is hyperdimensional. Explain it, please.
1: Oh, you know what? Carol found something online where some guy is putting us in an encyclopedia of quacks. <laughs> we felt so honored. You know, usually, don't get any attention at all. <laughs> oh my god! But talk
0: uh, about the hyperdimensional because well,
1: hyperdimensional—you yeah. know, time is a dimension. Yes. They say there are other dimensions. You can feel this stuff better than you can grasp it with your mind. Okay. You get a feel for it, and you, you say, as you say, you know, working, being. Working with Organite a lot, you might say you develop psychic ability, but I think what really happens is you get more in tune with your own intuitive processes and discernment. Discernment is an intuitive thing. Discernment happens in the heart. It's not a mental thing so much. The mind is, the brain is a computer. Right. Right. You you don't leave all these life decisions up to your computer. (laughs) For sure.
0: I believe with
2: with all the frequencies on the planet, you know, I mean, there's so much going on. You're talking about hyper-etheric, you know, levels and all the different etheric levels. And um, I believe right now we're living in all of them. And um, I think that Organite is just another stepping stone. It's getting us ready for uh, what's to come. And, you know, it's like, you know, what, I don't know, Nostradamus talked about the, you know, years of golden peace.
1: Well office uh, predicted a time of
2: and I think that that prosperity everybody has psychic abilities we just most people just don't accept it or access it I mean um but I believe that organized is kind of a stepping stone is getting us to that spot where we are are open to the possibilities and taking back our own power, opening our hearts, realizing how our words and and actions affect other people and you know, can you imagine if we all worked through our heart? There'd be absol- there would be no no war. You know, people would be responsible for what they're saying, what they're thinking, what they're doing. You know.
1: Well, we're moving in that direction. Yes. That's Carol's point. Yeah. Dimensions that the barriers between them seem to be dissolving. Yeah. Right now, and that's for everybody. It's not something you earn. It's just the way we're moving.
0: Is it true, Don, that you're on a certain type of person of interest list?
1: Oh, I'm probably on all the same lists you are. You can have people like us as guests on your show. This empowers people. So you're on a list. So use your zapper. Don't let them poison you to death. You know, the zappers take care of poisons. That's why we're still around.
0: The first time I ever heard of something called a zapper was associated with Hulda Clark, Dr.
1: Hulda Clark. Yeah, that's how I started.
0: I would imagine it's an obvious answer. What made you make your version versus using what she created or whoever created them to begin with?
1: I'm glad you brought that up. In 1996, I was traveling around, and I visited a friend of mine. He said, hey, you want to kill your parasites? I said, I, what are you talking about? I don't have any parasites. He said, well, come on, just humor you. Use this zapper for a half hour. And he handed me a book, so I was, Holder Clark's book, The Cure for All Diseases. I read it. It's great. Yeah. So I, I did, and I thought, I gave it back to him. I said, you know, big deal. <laughs> I don't notice anything. The next morning... <laughs> All of a sudden, I just felt incredibly good, and my thoughts were really clear. I just, I had some sickness symptoms from chemtrails from like five months earlier, and when I lived in California, and they were still testing chemtrails then. And I just stayed sick for five months. Well, that day it all disappeared, and I had vitality and energy, and I wasn't depressed. I'd been depressed most of my life. I think it was just brain parasites in my case. So I thought, wow, this is pretty amazing. So I finished reading the book, and I did my best to find sick people and twist their arms to use a zapper so I could see what would happen. And just about everybody got well who tried it. So I started making them. And yeah, within a year, I started seeing that they're cumbersome and not very effective, efficient. So I, I started changing the design, and I kept doing that. Until and I got together, and we came up with a current Terminator model, which has a lot of subtle energy components in it. That really took off. That's the best-selling zapper on the market, mostly by referral, which is what we prefer.
0: You know, it's very interesting that for years when people have been talking about chemtrails, and a lot of people said, oh, no, it's contrails. I live in Los Angeles, so I see it day and night. What's interesting is now there's an acknowledgement that there's a spraying project going on all over the U.S., but the reason they're using is to say, well, we're preventing global warming. (laughs) Yeah,
1: right. Why why do they only do it over the populated areas? (laughs)
0: It's just wild. It's wild. But it's so funny that for all the people watching the spraying back and forth, when they spoke, they were conspiracy theorists and insane. But now when the authorities acknowledge, oh, yes, we've been doing that, it's to prevent global warming.
1: It's, well, it's wild. Not notice that they have to respond. But the fact is they haven't made anybody sick since 2002.
0: That's a pretty bold statement, well, don't see, you that's think? That's
1: a bold statement, and that's a huge stretch. But if you do more than glance at them, you see that they don't come down. Also, if you'll watch the sky carefully... You might see five chemtrail jets laying stuff across the sky, and then one of them that's laying something that disappears right away. He's the same altitude, and he looks like all the others. And we think that's the toxic stuff. The cloudbusters are taking care of that. Wow. There's thousands and thousands of organized cloudbusters anywhere you go except China. China's the only place where you see, still see smoggy cities. This is really spread
0: you know, when I went to India thirty-three years ago or thirty-four years ago, I got so sick from the smog I thought I was going to die in just a few days.
1: India is another place where this isn't catching on as fast.
0: Oh my God, they could uh, really use the,
1: the help. Watch the movies because movies always show you the atmosphere and what's going on, and it's it's an easy, very low budget way to track progress. This thing.
0: I have a question for Carol about the crystals. I'm not a crystal expert. I've never read about them. I've always been interested in them. I find them beautiful. But the science and the understanding about what they do and how they work has always been a mystery to me. What I was told, rightly or wrongly, is that if you put a crystal in your environment, it'll absorb whatever's there, but also it'll magnify wherever you're at. Is that true?
2: Yes. Yeah. Well, a really good example is... uh aquamarine. Aquamarine is a gemstone and you anybody can try this, you know, if you have an aquamarine ring. You pay attention to the color of it when you put it on because a lot of aquamarines anymore, they're really pale and clear. You put it on and by the, especially for a woman because it's a woman's stone, you put it on and by the end of the day, it's, it's like the color of a blue topaz. It's because it's absorbing all of the, you know, health, uh, um, unbalanced emotions that whoever's wearing it, is experiencing, and and it's helping you. I mean, gemstones are a tool that, you know, they're another thing that that's put here to help us if we know how to access it.
1: Interesting.
0: Yeah.
1: Everything is alive and has consciousness. Yes, yeah. indeed. Yeah, why not exploit it?
0: I was going to ask. Well, not exploit it, but use it.
1: <laughs> well, exploit, just yeah. use production. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. We have to watch our language, right? That sounds so negative. What do you both think and feel about the effects of Fukushima as it relates to the science of orgone and what many of us should or can do about it?
1: I'm still waiting to see if there's any real evidence that all this stuff is happening over there because um, of all the material I've read and the claims and the warnings, I've never heard from anybody Directly, it says, yeah, I have a radiation counter and it's really bad. Nobody ever, they just take the word of whoever's giving these predictions and warnings because it's an alternative source. See, the government denies everything. So people assume that the alternative sources are telling the truth. And that's just not so. Usually, usually not true.
0: I think what would be really good, and I don't know how much they cost, is there are radiation devices, aren't there, where we can test food and water water and And, the air? Dr.
1: Reich used... uh, a Geiger counter to measure the effects of his accumulators because orgone is measured by a Geiger counter. Whether it's healthy or unhealthy, it, it registers, registers orgone. It's an orgone measuring device.
0: That's very important to yeah. note. And very it, organite
1: transmutes uh, radioactive stuff into harmless material. and we've, we've, I found this out with the early zappers that I had organite in. They were curing radiation sickness.
0: I want you both to know that when you wrote in the book about the what to think network, I laughed so hard. Oh, because uh, tell the audience what that is.
1: <laughs> the what to think network, you think of network TV and radio and newspapers, but now it's the alternative news stuff on the internet. Most of that is disinformation.
0: You really think most of it is disinformation or Absolutely. some of
1: it? And and there's ways you can you know, this is, it, like I say, discernment isn't a mental thing. It's, it's a hard thing. Yes. Uh, this information works on the mind, okay? It right. But it doesn't smell right.
0: Oh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's totally brain-oriented because the old parasitic world order, they don't understand the human heart. They don't understand it. So how can they possibly control it? So all we have to do to empower ourselves is to work on our own discernment, you know, become... Independent examiners of reality. That's why when you say buzzwords like Fukushima, uh, I, I don't assume there's a problem just because a bunch of people say it is. I, I haven't seen any evidence. Now, the Gulf oil spill was supposed to end the world as we know it. Okay? And all of a sudden, they stopped talking about it. It just stopped being a problem. And then Fukushima was the problem. Fukushima is going to end the world. What? Well, what's next? See?
0: Right. Right. You know, it's interesting because Fukushima, I don't see it as a buzzword. I see it as having been an event. And my understanding, again, whether it's true or not, my understanding is that it's still hot. And here's the other thing I want to tell you both. People are declaring that the U.S. is finished. I interviewed a guy named Kesha a few years back. And a week or I think it was a few weeks after Fukushima, he was declaring life over in this country. And I resented it. I really resented when people speak that way over people and over situations because we all know how powerful the quantum field is. So if you get millions of people declaring that a place is finished, it starts becoming finished. Just the way a doctor goes up to somebody and says, you have three months to live.
1: Yeah, they die three months later.
0: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's unbelievable. The priesthood of declaration. There really is a priesthood. Well, and,
2: and you know what? That's, that's uh, you know, looking at it from an ethereal thing. Once they put it in your 3D reality, it's real. You know, a doctor says you've got three, three weeks to live. You're going to die in three weeks, almost to the day. Because when they've said it and brought it into your 3D reality, you've signed a contract with it. And you've agreed to it, so you die.
0: (laughs) It's amazing how the subconscious just picks it up and runs with it.
1: Well, listen, part of discernment is not believing or denying something until you have sufficient evidence. Like the Fukushima thing, I don't deny it. I just don't accept that what people are saying are true because I haven't seen the evidence of it. And by evidence, I mean reputable reputable people providing data.
0: How about using, what is it, a Geiger counter?
1: Well, yeah, I I don't have one.
0: But don't you think it'd be interesting? I, I would like
1: to get one, and yeah, I would like to use it. And I'll get around to it someday. Somebody will.
0: I think it would be very interesting to use a Geiger counter to see what's going on for many, many people to be checking, and then to bring in orgone.
1: Okay, see, that that's the simple approach, isn't it? That's the logical approach. That's the heart-based approach. Go get the data before you right. believe it, you know?
0: I got a death threat for the shows I did on climate change. And I'll be honest with you on this. I was a believer, okay? I was a believer in global warming. But that's before I read anything, did anything, rolled up my sleeves. Okay. and yeah. But when I rolled up my sleeves and I began to learn and to discover and to take my time layer well, right layer by layer for data not for opinion data okay yeah, there you go i was horrified that i had believed and accepted this so quickly yeah. and it goes to show you how fast we can be programmed
1: if we allow ourselves. If we
0: allow ourselves, sure. You know,
1: that, that's breaking down quite a lot. You know, when they blew up the World Trade Center, it was three years before there was definitive published evidence showing who did it. Three years. Okay, when they sent that tsunami and killed all those people in Southeast Asia six years ago, it was two days before the evidence started showing up for what that was. See? that, that, that That's breaking down. And now when it false flag back, it's all over the Internet.
0: What's interesting, it may be all over the internet, but it's the alternative networks that are even being willing to consider it.
1: It is, but you know what? It takes a long time for disinformation to get set up. So sure. when an event happens, look at what's out there right away. And that's probably going to be the real stuff. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Mormons have to create this stuff, you know? It takes time, it takes a lot of people. A lot of people.
0: Now, you talked about the Tao Te Ching, which is a very famous book, as one of your favorite books. Talk about why. I thought that was interesting.
1: Well, if you read the Tao Te Ching and what Lao Tzu says about the Tao, and then you read Wilhelm Reich's work and what he says about Oregon, I think you'll see a strong connection. Like I say, this science is really old in China, and it is science.
0: All right, Carol. You came from a family that was part of the Blackfoot tribe in Montana. Is that correct? Yes. Were you born in Montana? No. Uh-uh. My mother was. And when you started developing your gifts psychically, it was very difficult to be received, wasn't it?
2: Oh, yeah. I always tell people, thank God my mom didn't care that much about me. <laughs> Otherwise, so I would have probably ended up in shock therapy or something.
1: She totally <laughs> ignored
2: me. So... That was that was a good thing. I had all kinds of imag. well what I, my mother said was I had all kinds of imaginary friends as a child, but now I realize that most of them were ghosts.
0: Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So when did you want to be around her, I'll tell you. When did you know it was a gift and not a burden?
2: You know, I didn't really realize that it was a gift until I was my Saturn return, I was about 28 years old. As a kid, I would, you know, I'd see things happen to people, you know, they'd come over to our house and I'd be just panicked and hanging on to people, you can't leave, you can't leave, because I'd see them die in a car wreck or, you know, certain things would happen, but, um, and then, you know, as a kid, I didn't know any different, and then I was ridiculed by my mother saying, you can't be like this, this isn't normal, you know.
0: (laughs) But isn't it true that the Native American peoples are typically very developed this way?
2: Yeah, yeah. But my mother, you know, growing up, my mother said, I'm not Indian. <laughs> you know, she, she, she very, you know, till the day she died said she wasn't. But my grandfather is Blackfoot Indian. I've seen pictures of him and his name is listed in the tribe. So, you know, it's just like, okay, mom. And then she'd use, she would uh, always buy her cigarettes at the Indian at the at the smoke shacks you know and it was like oh my gosh you know (laughs) but she just for some reason had some sort of stigma attached to that so she just never wanted to talk about it at all so I wasn't that connected to it as you know growing up or anything like that but and I was the only one of the three I had there was three siblings and I was the only one that had this gift
0: did you find it got stronger over time with your acceptance of this part of you
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it's 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 really hard to stay in the 3D reality for me, because <laughs> I see all this stuff, and I have to always remind myself that, you know, this is in a different reality than than what I'm in, and I'll deal with that later, you know, so, <laughs> so if it tries to connect with me or talk to me, I just say, not not right now, I don't have time, you know, <laughs> and then I'll go back to it, but... Is it
0: true?
1: i time driving at night because ghosts Uh, are in the roads.
2: Yeah, I've almost wrecked my car a lot of times because I'll swerve to miss somebody that's not really, well, it's a ghost. It's not a 3D person.
0: You know, (laughs) I'm glad I don't have this gift at your level. I'll tell you that. (laughs) I have it at a much more mundane level. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm glad I'm not psychic. And I can't wait. You know, I guess when we die, we're all world-class psychics, I suppose. (laughs) <laughs> but I appreciate the Carol's gift. And I'll tell you, all the psychics I know, they cut off their arm before they give up that gift. Mm-hmm. So it's important to them. I'm sure. Yeah.
0: You talk about something very important in the book, the distinction between what you call programmed disassociation and detachment. They're so distinct. Can you talk about that for the audience? I thought it was very oh, interesting. Was second
1: thing? Detachment. Oh, detachment.
0: Yeah. So, program disassociation is not the same as detachment.
1: Oh, thanks a lot. Yeah, the detachment is a is a heart based thing. It's I could say rising above your circumstances to see objectively and dispassionately, or to not have a destructive habit. But program disassociation is something extremely widespread in America, especially. Where it's essentially a form of schizophrenia. And it's reinforced by television, especially, Sunday school, schools, university, the Church of Settled Science. And it cuts the brain off from the heart and makes you think that the brain is the most important thing. And, you know, the Egyptians used to get rid of the brain, they saved everything else. They couldn't figure out what that damn thing was for, so they just pull it out and throw it away. <laughs> <laughs> wow Yeah I mean it's important It's a computer It's how they keep track of things But people with brain damage uh, It's been found that they still think and dream And do everything without 100% of the brain That they did before So, But you know I, I mentioned science before Real research is extremely expensive Yes And uh, labor intensive And it costs a lot of money the only people that can afford that are universities, governments, government-funded universities, uh, agencies that earn a living with a dope trade like the CIA, the NSA, FBI. You know they can afford stuff like that. They're not going to fund any research on things that are going to help people. Right. You give to the Cancer Foundation, and where do you think that goes? Because they suppress cancer cures.
0: It's disheartening.
1: Yeah. It's very okay. disheartening. You know, zappers have been curing cancer since the mid-90s. As, as a rule, not as, not, not as an exception, as a rule. Cancer, you put a zapper on your cancer's gone in three weeks. Unless you're on chemo or your vital organs have failed.
0: Or you're being radiated.
1: Or you took these to Africa. They cure AIDS and malaria, snake bite, fevers, dysentery, everything. They even cure elephantiasis
0: wow. over there,
1: yeah, which pleases our friends a lot because, you know, it's pretty common among the fishermen.
0: You have met Serge Cahil King. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his oh, name right. Serge
1: Kahili King. Yes. Oh, but he's, he's the guy that got me started in uh, Oregon Accumulators, his book, Earth Energies. That's how I got into it. He thinks what we're doing is ridiculous. Why? It doesn't mean his book wasn't fantastic.
0: <laughs> I know because you, con- I, I saw it. You thought his book was great. Why does he think it's
1: ridiculous? I don't know. I bet uh, Trevor Constable condemns us, but
0: why did Trevor condemn you?
1: Oh, he says some stuff on, in his public shows about cloudbusters being harmful, but um, he he did good work with cloudbusters over in Israel back in the sixties, I think. Right. He got rid of smog with those. He started bringing life back to the desert. But when he left, it all went back the way it was. Uh, like I say, that's Dr. Reich's version of Cloudbuster. Our Cloudbusters can't do any harm because the base is made of organite. So if Trevor Constable or any of our critics had ever experimented with this stuff, they'd know for sure that it's harmless. I see. And if they paid attention, they would see the positive effect.
0: Is there anything Carol you'd like to say as we complete this segment together?
2: Um, well, like I always tell everybody, <laughs> the most important thing is to my my, my recommendation for most people is uh don't watch the news. <laughs> you know, get rid of your regular TV. Do, listen to your heart. Your first uh your first instinct is always the right one what you want to do the the first idea that you get whenever you're in a problem it's always the right one don't you know when you second guess it is that's not that's when the mistrust comes in you know and just keep an open heart treat everybody you know and if there's somebody that you can't get along with stay away from them <laughs> you know i mean there's no real laws as far as any of that goes just keep a keep a good heart that's my universal number 1 rule Thank you. That's your filter, you know.
0: Thank you. I actually do that in business, and when I haven't done it in business, it hurt me terribly.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Your number one filter is your
0: heart, and if it doesn't feel right, don't do it. Thank you very much. And, Don, do you have anything you'd like to
1: say as well? Boy, I think Carol said it all.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) we have been talking with, learning from, and listening to Don and Carol Croft To contact them and find out more about their work, go to ethericwarriors.com. We really appreciate you coming to the show today, and thank you for the great
1: work that you're doing. Thanks a lot, Kim. Uh, It's been fun talking to you, too.
0: My pleasure. It's rainmaking time.